here with Stompy at FF Stompy and Brian at Brian Har FF. I'm Superflex Dude John Hogue, the SFD, by the way. Uh, have we gotten that one to stick yet? I feel like we're. No, no you got to whisper SF and then say D, and you got to do it fast. Ready? The SFD! <laughs> the SFD! Because you want the D. Got it. <laughs> Wait, because I want the D. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Damn it. Winner. Uh, that's not what. Uh, all right. Anyways, um, I do not. But um, so I, I'm I, I'm hoping and assuming uh, that this is going to be a much quicker episode uh, than the last one. Make sure to check out part one where we talked about startup strategies and uh, we talked about rebuilding, productive struggle, youth movement, win now, and uh, all the different directions you can take your roster starting about a quarter of the way through your rookie or your startup drafts. We want to talk about rookie draft strategies just a little bit here. And because to me, it's roster dependent, but um, I do want to get you guys is just kind of your overall strategies. So basically the question is, what are your, what's your rookie draft strategy in Superflex rookie drafts? Yes. Um, if it's roster dependent, uh, you know, based on the roster, what, um, how does your strategy change? It typically doesn't. Uh, the, the only reason my strategy would change in a rookie draft is if I was just atrocious at the quarterback position. Okay. Outside of that, uh, I'm I'm a best player available in rookie drafts. Just always. I mean, it. it I, I know that sounds like very chalk and and boring and whatever, but that's. I mean, that's how I approach rookie drafts. I'm looking to add talent to my roster. I don't worry about. I don't worry about starting lineup rosters until a month before the season. So rookie drafts are almost always right after the NFL draft because nobody can wait. Um, please start waiting. Commissioners do that. Okay. Help, help us out. Um, but, but, but no, I mean, I just don't, I, I am always looking to, I'm just looking to add the best available talent Um you know, and then I have several months to make moves to adjust for gaps in my roster. Okay. What about you, Stomp? So I have a general overarching strategy. Um, and inside of that strategy, there is a mini strategy, I suppose. So basically, what it comes down to for me is in Superflex, QBs and RBs, um, those elite ones. Uh, you should take right away um, because QB value, as we've often discussed, QB value only goes up after startups or after rookie drafts. Um, RB value. I mean, you want to get those elite RBs right away because that, that clock starts right now, like right when they play average career is four years for running backs. Is that right? I think it's actually even less than that. Or is it average careers four years for all players and then less for running backs? Regardless, point is running backs, even the best ones don't lie. Not everybody is Frank Gore. Not everybody is an inevitable. I mean, Frank Gore has existed since the dawn of time. Uh, but not everybody is is that player. So, I mean, you have to think that you can get a f good four or five years out of a running back, maybe into their early second contract. But after that, you're going to have a tough time. So that's why running backs generally should be priority in rookie drafts. But like I said, if like this draft specifically, if you, and, and I agree with Brian, where if you are QB needy, whether that be you have a young QB, uh, Matt Stafford type of QB who's in his early thirties and let's say Tom Brady at this point. And you know, at some point Tom Brady is going to be retiring soon, but he's still in the season. Um, or he's still going to play for a couple seasons. So buying guy like 
Tua or, or or picking a guy like Tua or Joe Burrow in that situation, if you're loaded at running back and you you can see a future at quarterback that you will be losing one, then I would be going quarterback, a one of Burrow or Tua this this season. Um, this particular draft has, I, I think, the top seven picks. If you're inside the top seven picks with this draft then you are good to go because you will get one of the top two QBs or one of the top five run, running backs. Here's where my general strategy comes in. Um, I don't like taking rookie wide receivers. I never have. Uh, and that's why first year uh, or uh, first round rookie wide receivers are tough for me to except as a pick. I mean, CD lamb is a fantastic dynasty asset, but is he going to have an impact year one? I don't know because I mean that, and that pass catching, um, I guess room, I, I keep saying room and I hate it, but that those pass catchers, CD lamb is at the most, probably this season, a, the third, third pass catching option. And that, team and at at the least he's probably sixth if you really think about it with jarwin and zeke there uh, or sorry fifth with jarwin and zeke there so i just can't i i don't like and in the in history proves that the hit rate for rookie wide receivers and, and to finish i believe top 24 and this is according to peter howard research and i'm sorry peter if i'm misrepresenting your point but it's like 16 percent um, which is not bad. I mean, and, and, and it, it, 16, the 16% number is, uh, the, the first year that a wide receiver is top 24 in fantasy points in the league. So 15% of the breakouts that occur in the NFL by a wide receiver occur in their rookie season, but that number jumps up to 29% in year two and 27% year three. And we saw it last year, Paris Campbell, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry. Um, I'm forgetting a bunch of other rookie wide receivers. Uh, JJ Arthago Whiteside. I've got to channel my inner Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> but those guys didn't do, I mean, Preston Williams did, but he's, he's forgotten right now because of his injury which he shouldn't be. You should be buying a lot of Preston Williams at this point, especially with two of there. Oh my God. Yeah. I just got erect. Damn it. Yeah. I got him again. Um, so, but I mean, those guys are the value on those guys is a lot higher than it was last year. I mean, Nikhil Harry was probably the con close to consensus 1.01 last year and he didn't do anything. His QB situation got, Worse, his value has definitely dropped to the, to a point where you should be buying second year wide receivers. So that's why I avoid, especially first round wide receivers. Is I just and especially early. Look at Corey Davis. Look at Nikhil Harry. Um, but especially early because I I think their value is going to drop. I mean, you have a good chance that the value of a rookie wide receiver drops going into a second year because he wasn't productive. So if like outside and using this draft, for instance, outside of those top seven picks, I'm either trading back or I'm trading out because I think you can get with a, let's say 1.08 through 1.12, you can get a good starting wide receiver in the NFL right now because of the hype around these rookies. You could get like Tyler Boyd for one of those picks. I would much rather have Tyler Boyd than one of these rookie wide receivers. Sure, his ceiling's not as high, but he's hit twice in two years straight, and he get, has a better situation moving forward, or at least on paper he has a better situation. Um, when it gets into the second where, where guys are going like uh, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, um, LaVisca Chenault, I'm Brian Edwards, I'm actually – okay with staying there because you're not using a gigantic draft capital with those uh, mid to late seconds. Um, and if they don't hit, it doesn't really affect you all that much. So basically <laughs> to sum it up and I apparently 
pith is not in my vocabulary. Um, QBs and running backs should go off the board first. First round, uh, and, and whoever you take is dependent on your team build. If you have good running backs and you see that you need another quarterback, go quarterback. Just don't reach. So don't get Jordan Love in the first round. Don't, don't do that. Two and Joe Burrow are fine. And if your QBs are all set and you could use help at running back, or even if you don't need help at running back, I would be taking the running back in that situation. And then thirdly, if you have uh, first round, later first round picks that all of the good or the top five running backs or the top running backs and the top QBs are gone, and it's only uh, in the next tier as wide receivers, I would be trading back into the second or I would be trading out to get a already productive wide receiver in the, in the NFL that is, uh, has a lower value. So I, I I'm curious if there are any caveats and I just want to set this up a little first though. Um, because you know, our, our mutual, you know, favorite person on earth here, um, Russ Fisher at dynasty outhouse, uh, he would, I, I don't know if he coined this term, but he's the first one that I heard say it, but that you, it, that you draft for value, you trade for need. To me, that it particularly applies to the startup draft. I don't know that I necessarily feel that way with the rookie draft. Uh, you know, I, I, if, if it's year one, you just did the startup and now you're doing the rookie draft. Like, I, you know, you can maybe consider the rookie draft as an extension of the startup draft. But, you know, after year one, to me, the rookie draft is for filling needs kind of regardless of value. And I am kind of curious if you guys feel the same way. Um, just if you take a walk with me here for a minute, kind of the, the hypothetical scenario would be, you know, to, to kind of harken back to uh, part one of this episode where we talked about productive struggle so you had a, a, you know, you had an older team and here's something that a lot of us have anecdotes about is Andrew Luck. You went into 2019 thinking you were going to be a strong contender with Andrew Luck as your quarterback one. And then he freaking retired and just threw your entire, you know, win now older type of team into complete rebuild. You ended up with a 1.05 and now you're kind of looking at, all right, let's just, you know, wipe the slate clean and start over, start this thing over. So you're, at, again, you're at 105, which is, you know, it's kind of two a range, Herbert range, um, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Like those are the type of guys who could at least potentially be there at 105. And, um, maybe even let's let's back it up a little bit because I think Tua is a pretty easy, pretty easy pick there. Um, so let's say that you're more in in range of like J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers. Um, let's even say Justin Herbert is off the board. So you're looking at those two running backs. Let's call 107, and you're looking at guys like J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, and then there's all those wide receivers. There's C.D. Lamb. There's Jerry Judy. The Henry Ruggs, whatever, you know, however you rank those guys. And we won't get too much into player values because and, and tiers and everything because uh, James the Brain and Dr. Ethan are going to get to that on our next episode. But um, just just kind of hypothetically, you know, we're in a situation where C.D. Lamb seems to make the most sense, assuming he he's your wide receiver one in this class but J.K. Dobbins has the most value. Does that change anything for you? Are you guys going value, or are you guys going um, with the guy who fits where you're at, where your roster is at right now? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, so, I mean, like I said, one through 1.07 this year, I don't, I don't have a qualm with any of the picks there. You can pick whomever. I probably wouldn't be reaching for acres, but any of those top four running backs, I'm fine with wherever you take them. And it's including the, and the two, top two um, quarterbacks and acres belongs in, in that group. It's just after that, where it's just like, regardless of value, 
I just am not going to trust. I'm not going to pick a rookie wide receiver with my first round pick. If I have to do that, I'm going to trade for a, an established wide receiver, or I'm going to trade back into the in back into the second, so I can get a a second or a, a rookie wide receiver with second round draft capital. And so, I mean. <sighs> So the the real answer is trade back, of course, or trade out, like you said. Yeah, I kind I, of. I mean, like what? Just for instance, I've seen Cam Akers go at like one ten behind Jerry Judy and CD Lamb. So it's one of those things where it's like, and, and by the way, this is what you should do: is keep those picks, and then when it comes time for your pick, see who's there, and then trade. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's. Uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily about team need versus value. I mean, for the quarterbacks and the running backs, it's somewhat about team need. Um, so it probably goes team need value for that. But after that, if it involves wide receivers, I don't want anything to do with them until you get into the middle of the second round. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to come back to you on that one in a second, but I, I want to hear from the trade addict over there. Uh, Meatloaf wildcat, because you know, I, I guess what I'm, what we're trying to establish is kind of a, a framework, um, just kind of a, a general framework. Um, and, you know, regardless of the names involved, uh, just, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, because I, I think that we all agree here, right. That the, the you know, rookie running backs, they're going to gain the most value, the quickest, um, they're likely going to help you compete in year one. Whereas those rookie wide receivers, because I'm the same way. I don't like drafting rookie wide receivers because you have to wait. And while you're waiting for them, they're losing value. So, you know, again, Nikhil Harry and Paris Campbell and, and JJ, you know, and, and Sega and all these guys, they lost so much value in their rookie year because they weren't on the field. It's not that they were bad. They just weren't there. And that happens with wide receivers all the time. That's going to happen again this year with guys like Judy and Lamb. There's kind of no reason to rush those guys out because you've got good wide receivers ahead of them. They're going to be learning more than anything, and they're going to lose value because of it. So, but the the kind of the question remains, Brian, is do you uh, do you forego the value of you know a J.K. Dobbins, for instance? And take the, the, you know, the position of need, which where your roster is at is you've kind of accepted that 2020 is going to be a lost year. And so, you know, all of a sudden CD lamb makes some sense for you because when your entire roster is ready to roll in 2021, that's when he's going to be at his breakout age in his breakout year. Um, no, I'm taking Dobbins. Are you? You're still going. Yeah, absolutely. 2021 is like a decade away. <laughs> I mean, we have a full season of football in no. between. First of all, we have three months of the non-point scoring season still out there. Then we have four months, hopefully, God willing, we have four months of football which which is going to completely change the landscape of everything anyways. I mean, there's going to be guys that come out of nowhere. There's going to be guys that we, you know, have serious injury. There's going to be guys whose situations change and, you know, they're drafting in the top three rounds this year and they're going to be drafted till the ninth or 10th round next year. I mean, it happens every single year. Yeah. So, so no, it's a ton. That's it, it's too much time to look out to be worrying about tinkering my damn roster. My roster is going to change so much in a year and a half from now that I, I'm not worried about. I'm always going to take value. And this is how I approach. I mean, this is how I approach everything in fantasy football it is, is, is it's all about value. It's always about value. Even when it isn't about value, it's always about value. You know, when it comes to trading back, right? So Stomp Stomp said, if I'm if I'm in a position where the the obvious pick is to take a wide receiver, I mean, first of all, yes, obviously try to trade back. I mean that that's what makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if the value isn't there, like I'm not trading the 109 or the 107, 108 for the 210. 
just because and and a third just because I don't want to make a selection of a of a wide receiver. I mean, I, I mean, again, that's pretty obvious, I think, to most dynasty players. Um, but but it's always about the value for me. I I can, you know, so so and, and I want to address one other thing. Speak for yourself when you're talking about Russ Fisher being like everybody's favorite person. And he might be your favorite person. He might be Stompy's favorite person. I mean, I have to put up with him a lot. No, Russ is great. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, but no, the yeah, and and we talk all the time about you know about the you know drafting for value, trading for need, and I think that is that is my philosophy as well. Mm-hmm. I always believe in my ability to. You know, I'm not good at startup drafts. I'm not always great at rookie drafts, better at rookie drafts than I am at startup drafts. But I feel confident that if I take the players who hold the most value currently, mm-hmm. I can turn them into players that will have value moving forward, whether I like that player or not. So I'm not going to take, you know, you know, and, and and look, John, I understand too. Like you, you, you make very good points about wide receivers losing value, but I'd say that that doesn't always happen either. It happened in its last class, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, but the but the couple classes ahead of that, it didn't happen. You had guys that were that were producing, you know, right off the bat. Now, were they elite assets? No, but they weren't losing value. Yeah. You know, um, now you're right. Running backs typically, rookie running backs will typically gain value quicker because they they aren't, you know, oftentimes they're drafted into situations where they're going to get an opportunity to produce. So their their you know their value rises more quickly. Um, but but wide receiver and and it does make sense to buy. You know, so so this past class in Kill Harry, um, you know, JJ. Uh, Arthega Whiteside, all the guys that we mentioned. I mean, it makes sense to buy those guys right now because they aren't at the value where they were last year, right? Yeah. Where you drafted them in rookie drafts. Having said that, I don't think that that I, I don't think that that can be assumed every year. So for me, I'm just I'm I, you know, and and I I. I I hate to 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 say it again, but I I am always looking at value. Mm-hmm. What what's the guy that has the most value today as I'm drafting this player? Because chances are, I mean, if 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 I mean that player may or may not be on my team tomorrow, let alone three weeks from now, let alone at the start of the season, halfway through the season, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just trade so much that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably where I'm a little bit different um, in in that regard. I don't think about the future. I mean, yes, I obviously, I mean, you think about future values, but I'm worried about what they're worth today because that's what I can do something with today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, this, uh, so I, I'm not so sure that I'm going to be able to get you on this one. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out. I'm trying to figure out a way where where need kind of you know supersedes value, and I just I I don't think that you're going to waver on this one. Quarterback, uh, I, I think quarterback for me is the one. Right. Is that right. So yeah, so I mean, look at it, yes. one on one. Like you're you're loaded at quarterback and have a need at running back. You're still going burrow. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Or I'm trading out of the pick and getting additional capital. Yeah. What about what about 102? And again, to like, a tug just, of, just, just for the like let's just don't say tongue. It's tug <laughs> tag of to a tag of Iowa. Hey, so, so, I don't care <laughs> what Ethan told you, it's to a tag of Iowa. <laughs> I think Tua. Tua was the one that said that. I'm just gonna um, go with Tua. Anyway, so how about how about you know you're you're uh, you're good at quarterback, um, and or no, you're good at running back, and have a need at quarterback. You're at one hundred three, and Burrow and Tua both went one two. I'm frustrated. Yeah, but I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I He's mean, own value. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm not taking Herbert. Even if you, you've got nothing at quarterback. Even if I've got nothing at quarterback. I'll take Taylor and trade somebody else for Matthew Stafford or okay. Matt Ryan. In that situation, it's yes, you better go value. Should not be reaching. But let's just say you're quarterback needy at 1.02. Um, do, do I would, reach- and let's say Burrow goes 1.01. I'm going for two of there. Yeah, but same. but that's because where two of two is range is 1.02 or it's 1.01 to 1.05 or 1.01 to 1.07. So you're not yeah. over. It's still in that top tier of players that you want in the rookie draft. So that type of stuff I get in terms of team need. It's okay. Well, the first two quarterbacks are off the board. I'm going to reach for Justin Herbert. If that's the case, you either go with the value or you trade back so you can get another asset, a probably a startable asset, and then you get like let's say 1.09 and you can get Herbert there. That should be that should be your process is I don't want to reach here. I think I can get Herbert at 1.08 or 1.09. I'm going to trade this pick 1.03 back and then I'm going to trade back and get a startable player at for that 1.03 plus the 1.09. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Stomp nailed this on the head when he when he starts talking about tiers. And that's why tiers are so important in drafting. Is because as long as you're I mean that's that you, you address team need if necessary within tiers. Yeah. Okay. Um so just in this hypothetical though, uh so we're going to say that you can't trade up, you can't trade back. You're kind of stuck where you're at. Um, and this is going to be the last hypothetical, but I, I do want to get you guys' thoughts. Like I said, I don't think I'm going to push Brian off of this value thing. I think that's that's where we're at. So end of the first round, though, you've got good young wide receivers. Obviously, though, that's wide receiver range. Like you're looking at Rager, Jefferson, probably Judy. Um, you know, th- those guys are all still there. And we're beyond that top tier of running backs at that point. So you're kind of looking at guys like Keyshawn Vaughn, AJ Dillon. That's the type of guy who's available there. But again, you've got good young wide receivers. You don't really have a need for another one necessarily. You need running back help. You need running back depth. What are you doing there? And no, trading's not an option here. Uh, I'm trading out. I'm trading out of the back. You've got to make the pick. Nope, I don't. I don't abide by your rules. You are not the alpha and the omega. Seriously, where's something to hit? Um, I think, I think you have to go. Well, the only the only running back that I would be willing to reach at that point on is AJ Dillon. Okay, you're you're so you're going wide receiver most likely. Yeah, most likely. Let's. I mean, if even though he's not going to make it into your lineup. Yeah, I think so. Because okay. I, who, I mean, at this point, I don't think anybody's going to make into my lineup unless an injury occurs. If that made sense. So nobody past that first tier is going to make it into my lineup unless there's an injury. Huh. Uh, okay. I mean, the running backs are far more likely to get injured. So, right. But I, so, there's- like, that's what I'm saying. Like, AJ Dillon. Chances to get in the lineup. Let's because Aaron Jones has an injury history. We've seen Jamal Williams um, miss a few games here and there. AJ Dillon can step into that role and be productive right away. Um, and that's the only reason I would think about AJ Dillon is he can be productive right away, but he also looks like the heir apparent to both of these running backs. Other yeah. than that, if you're getting somebody like Jalen Rager or um, Jefferson, those type of guys in the back end of the first. I think are great value because they could very easily be very productive in their rookie year. But I, there's just no running back or quarterback in my mind beyond Herbert and beyond acres besides AJ Dillon that I would be willing to reach for there. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, again, this is a fool's errand, but I'm going to ask the same thing to you, Brian. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm probably taking a wide receiver. Okay. If I was reaching for a running back for me, it would be Vaughn. Okay. Over Dylan. Just 
Yeah, um, but, but you're not gonna do it. But I'm likely not gonna do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I mean, if, if guys like if 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 Judy Jefferson Rager are there, it's the receiver, and I'm not even. It's not even really. I'm not thinking about it. I mean, if we're talking about Higgins and Ayuk and you know players like that, then then yeah, yeah I mean maybe I'm considering Vaughn at that spot if I'm running back needy. But I'm not. I'm not taking him over over those those. I mean, those wide receivers have have the opportunity to be special. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm taking. I would take those wide. By receivers. the way, Rugs isn't up there either for me. But that's a whole yeah, other thing. Agreed. Yeah. He shouldn't be. But I yeah. would. I would uh, take. I would take T- Higgins, Pittman, Edwards, and Chenault probably above Rugs. Above Rugs at this point. Yeah, possibly. It and that one might depend on roster construction too. But um, anyway, I, I want to stick with this hypothetical for one more question. I'm gonna let you guys uh, get the the ability to trade back here. So um, you're again, you're in the late first, which is wide receiver territory, but you're set at wide receiver. Now you can trade. Are you gonna pay the price to move all the way up into the top? You know, six to get one of those six or seven to get one of those, those top tier running backs, or are you trading back and actually accumulating another pick and uh, going for that next tier of guys, you know, the Keyshawn Vaughn, AJ Dillon type of range. Cop out answer. It depends. Oh God. (laughs) What, what's the price? What's Uh, the price to move up? What is the price to move from 112 to to 106, let's call it? I mean, I think it's probably another first. I would yeah, say you, you probably need to give up your 2021 first for that. Yeah, if if yeah, if that gets If I was with, If I thought my 21 first was back half, I would. Yeah. Why? So, and that's the other thing is like, well, if you make this move, will that 2021 first be back half where it's like, oh, I get a starting running back. I needed a third running back here. I got, for some reason, uh, (laughs) um, Dobbins was still there at like 1.07. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to jump and get that. He can be my third running back. He's still probably going to get touches this season could be the starter in a very run heavy offense. I, 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 for me, it, it depends on what the rest of your roster looks like. If you have, so I, I, I guess personal anecdote, I traded up to 1.02 today. I didn't have any firsts cause I mortgaged my future for win now. It's worked out so well so far, but, um, Basically, getting up to 1.02, and and there's more involved. I had to trade away Kamara and Juju. Um, the price is steep right now to probably get into that top five. It's actually kind of ridiculous how how steep it is to get into that top five. Fortunately, I had so and I traded away Kamara, but I still have Chubb. I still have Eckler. I got Chris Carson in the deal. I still have Devonta Freeman. We'll see what happens there. So I get Chris Carson. I'm going to take a running back. Now I have four and maybe possibly five deep at running back, um, depending on what Boston Scott does. And then I also have Tyreek Hill and Kenny Galladay. I got Robert Woods back. I have Mike Gallup and some younger guys. So if you're deep enough to do it where you can trade an elite asset or two to get in there and get younger um, and with a potentially um, high-end RB, it might be worth it, but it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Um, all right, let's. Uh, <laughs> you guys will not just like go along with my hypotheticals, at least nope. not tonight. You just refuse to do it. You're just. I would. I would trade up depending on my roster. I mean, if I was good everywhere, except for I needed a a, a another running back that I trust, or I need to get younger at running back, then I would do it. If yeah. not, if I'm at like 110 or 112, I'm probably trading back to either get AJ Dillon or if I need a wide receiver or, or, or um, yeah, really it's AJ Dillon. And if I don't feel, if I feel good with my running backs and my wide receivers, I'll still trade back and get value and get a guy like Brian Edwards, Pittman, um, Higgins who have landed in 
I I feel a lot better spots than like let's say CD Lamb. Oh, interesting. So you're still going wide receiver even after the trade? Back. Yeah, because uh, I guess for me, you still have a, a a big chance that a rookie wide receiver will not hit, and spending that kind of draft capital when you could get a wide receiver who maybe doesn't have as high a ceiling but still won't hit later and you get another asset on top of that i'd rather do that than try and take a chance on those top end wide receivers because like i said i think the value of most rookie wide receivers drops after their first year except for Corey davis for some goddamn reason (laughs) yeah all right fair enough um i mean i to me that covers it that's that's kind of that's all the rookie draft really is and, you know, if it's still value-based for you, like it is for Brian, for sure, and and really kind of for Stompy, too, then, you know, if if the value isn't there at your position of need, then you're trading back or trade up, you know. Um, that's uh, Both of those are viable. Um, ideally, you're trying to get, essentially, uh, to me at least, like you're, you're really trying to get to the end of a tier at whatever position it is that you need. Um, and, but I guess the, the, the only difference between us is if I'm not able to trade to get to that position, I'm willing to reach for a position of need. I, I get, I, and I fully agree with the, the idea of, you know, draft for value trade for need. Uh, and in fact, that's a lot of, that that really kind of shaped the quarterback heavy approach that I take to the startup. Um, but again, for me, the rookie draft is just kind of a, a, a place to really kind of fill in cracks and, and um, just kind of finish off, you know, the, the rebuild um, again, to me, every year should be a rebuild for every team. Tired of the same old dynasty format. Think you have what it takes to be a real champion. DLF has partnered up with Safe Leagues and Commission Extraordinaire Scott Fish to create the brand new DLF Champions Cup Series. In the DLF Champions Cup Series, you're matched up in a Superflex tight end premium division with points and payouts awarded every year. The bonus is that every third year, your cumulative points go up against a larger field to see who wins the Champions Cup. Claim a team today and begin your journey to hoist the Champions Cup and claim the $1,000 grand prize. Visit DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues to sign up today. That's DynastyLeagueFootball.com slash leagues. So, but I think that that pretty much covers the rookie draft. Um, we've got some listener questions that we wanted to get to real quick, though, before we wrap this up. And uh, so I put it out on Twitter that we were going to be talking about um, this was going to be a very strategy heavy, very theory heavy type of episode. And uh, if anybody had some particular strategy and theory type of questions, um, if they wanted to uh, to ask those and, and we can get it into the show. Um, some of these are definitely strategy. Some of these might be more player value, but we're going to we'll hit them anyways. Uh, but I want to start with this one from Fantasy Wire HQ. And he asks us about uh, best rookie draft approach. Um, which I think we just we just hit, but if you guys have anything that you want to add based on this, um, definitely feel free. But he's asking how far to forecast, landing spot, etc. Yeah, so so I'll address landing spot. Um, see, this is what this is what gets me. So I I started in 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 our last show. Depending on when you're listening to this, it was it was the first half of our this show. Um, talking about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? So Edwards Hilaire is like 101 now for people in, you know, or, or at least the first non quarterback that's going off the board in rookie drafts. And for me, I don't get it. I mean, this is a guy who at best was most people's running back, maybe three before landing spots. Jonathan Taylor, the consensus, pretty much number one running back. DeAndre Swift was in there too, right? Um, Stompy, I think he was your your RB one, is if I'm not mistaken. Is that yeah, correct? Dobbins, okay, Dobbins rounded out the top three for most people. Right. So Edwards, Edwards Hilaire was generally thought of as the RB five. So. Right. 
so he but but now he's going as the as the first position player um you know the first non QB position player in rookie drafts in in a lot of drafts I don't get it I don't get it Posi- so Jonathan Taylor goes to at least as good a spot maybe not maybe better honestly you don't think it's better I he lands in a great spot in terms of offensive line and nobody really there that's going to challenge him. So that's great. But they, I don't really know what the Colts are doing because they should have started a rebuild instead of start, instead of sign Phillip rivers, their, uh, their offense is in flux right now, especially because they don't have a future QB on that team. Um, so it's it's one of those. I think he will get plenty of volume, but how how high powered Kansas City is, and how easily that Clyde Edwards Hilaire could get a ton of targets from Patrick Mahomes. I have to believe that that is the best landing spot, especially if Andy Reid thinks he is another Lashawn Lashawn McCoy or Brian. I, he said Brian Westbrook, but that next Andy Reid workhorse i i think not in year one because i think damian williams gets it but in year two he could be i mean we saw what what kareem hunt is and or was with kansas city and i edward Hilaire is a it's the best pass catcher and the best route runner among running backs in this um in this class interesting yeah i i just i don't i don't get jumping him over jonathan taylor at all Oh, I'm with you on that 100%. Jonathan Taylor has proven not only in college, but in the um, combine um, that he is an absolute monster. There's not really many like him. I mean, Saquon Barkley, sure, but he's not as big as Jonathan Taylor, right? They're they're almost identical. So, I mean, you're talking about an athletic freak who is stupid productive in college. Had showed that he can catch the ball last year with 23 receptions, 26 receptions, something like that. Um, may not is not as good of a patch catcher as Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but he will get the most of the running work. Yeah. Whereas Clyde Edwards Hilaire is probably split in touches with uh with Damian Williams this year. Ceiling, it's tough to tell. I get why Clyde, like people like Clyde Edwards Hilaire with Patrick Mahomes, with Andy Reid in that offense. Um, the safer option, I think, is is uh, Jonathan Taylor, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire's ceiling might be higher than Jonathan Taylor's. I guess the thing for me, so situation and 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 or or landing spot and talent both matter. They absolutely both matter. For me, though, one of those is a fluid thing. Situation's fluid. And 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 yes, Edwards Hilaire's situation in this case as a rookie going into a high-powered offense is obviously more, more secure than some instances here. But situations change. They just do. And I don't think talent, other than other than aging talent, I don't think it goes away. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, let's uh, let's move on to this next one. Uh, Kyle Senra, our our friend Kyle, asks. He's at uh, Niyama underscore KS, by the way, and he asks, "What range are you considering drafting quarterbacks who likely have to wait years before starting, like Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason?" I love this question. Um, um, uh, I, I'm curious what you guys think. I would go, I mean, love, I think you can probably get in the early first for most um, leagues or early first or early second. So that's probably where I'd be picking him. Uh, Eason's probably next for me. I'd be willing to pick him uh, late second after like, let's say Brian Edwards, LaVisca Chenault are gone. And then I'm still taking a shot, shot on Hertz. If I can get him into the second, beginning of the third, I'm still taking a shot because his ceiling is tremendous. He and he's going to be sitting for a couple seasons to work out the kinks on his throwing. And I'm I he might put up a fight 
in a couple seasons here with Carson Wentz? I think the easy answer for me is just late second for most of those guys. I mean, I think this class is deep enough where before I take a, a quarterback that I have to wait on, especially a quarterback with question marks, it's not just the weight, it's the it's the talent on these guys. Like what is the talent? What is you know, what are these guys moving forward? And I don't know that I know yet. Uh so I, I think I'm taking them more later second. So uh, let me just expand on this one a little bit to, because I'm curious if they, if you're, if you're willing to reach for any of these guys, if you have the guy ahead of them, if you've got Aaron Rodgers, are you willing to reach for Jordan love? If you've got Philip rivers, are you willing to reach for Jacob Eason? I still don't know that you do it necessarily with Jalen hurts. Uh, when it comes to Carson Wentz, like there's there's less of a path. Um, but yeah. those other two guys, I'm curious, like if you've got the the quarterback ahead of him, the older quarterback, and you know we know that there's a path within the next year or two, and it could be sooner with an injury. Um, do are you willing to reach for that guy? I mean, I'm already reaching with love in the early second. I'm I'm reaching with all of these guys. It's funny. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the third, fourth QB off the board at this point, which he shouldn't be. As much as I love him, he should not be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm already reaching in in those areas anyway. And where I'm reaching, you're gonna get them. Um. If you have those guys, if you're if you're looking to have those, uh, if you have Aaron Rodgers or if you have. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you'll take Jordan Love early second either way. Like you don't. Yeah. No. It. I. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I. That's about the furthest I'll reach. I don't think I can do it early for or mid. Sorry, late first. Yeah, Brian. No, is the answer. I'm not reaching. Okay. Huh. Even if I. Well, even if I own because it's again for me it's all about value. Well, I, I don't want to pick up a, a backup quarterback is going to sit on my bench for three years yeah you know i mean and and look there's no guarantee that any of these guys are the heir apparent i mean yes they could absolutely be the draft capital with jordan love suggests that he might be mm -hmm. um you know it it doesn't necessarily with hurts and i was with stomp i mean i like jalen hurts and i like the prospect of him i threw up in my mouth when philly picked him i mean that's worst case scenario uh, you know, in my opinion, um, or one of the worst case scenarios that, that, that he could have been drafted into. So, but, you know, I, I don't, I'm not convinced, even with the draft capital, I'm not convinced Jordan Love is the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. I think there's going to, if they, if they really believe that, I think there's going to be a lot of really disappointed people. Um, I mean, he's got an arm. I think, mean, you know, he's, he's, he's a strong kid, but, I, I, you know, the decision making and some of the other stuff, I'm just not sure, you know, maybe he sits for a couple of years and that works in his favor. Um, and, and good for him if it does, I think he, he would be, he would be the quarterback that I would feel most confident about taking in the second late second, but I wouldn't reach for him. Even if I owned Aaron Rodgers. I think there's other ways to get quarterbacks than to get a backup of some of an elite quarterback or a, past elite quarterback <laughs> depending on the guy we're talking about sorry um you know so i i would not reach for these guys okay. the other the other issue is after herbert you can't guarantee me that any of the, these guys are going to be starters in the nfl oh, right you, you admit that the jalen or the jordan love is not necessarily an nfl starter no, I you know he went in the first round. Did he, no, did he go in the first? Yeah, he went yeah, in the first. 20s, Jesus. 20s. Yeah, I, I, I will fully admit that. I mean, you and I, as Bronco fans, have seen it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it in basically not back-to-back -back seasons, but like back-to-back -back picks in terms of quarterbacks where yeah. Brock Osweiler didn't turn out and then Paxton Lynch didn't turn out. I mean, we've seen it to the point where it's like, I can't get, I mean, I know, I know the top three are going to get a shot to start. Mm -hmm. I can't guarantee anything else after that. Hmm. 
Even with how terrible you think Aaron Rodgers is, it's oh my god! Now we're just putting words in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, you've said it. Um, I've never, it, I have I, never said anything like that about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you said he's washed up. I he is washed, and he's still going to keep that job over Jordan Love. That has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. That has everything to do with who Jordan Love is. Jordan Love has shown two faces, much like Baker Mayfield, where in 2019 he was a top-end QB prospect. Or, sorry, 2018 he was a top-end QB prospect. In 2019, not so much. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I just want to answer my own question here real quick because, to me, these are three different cases. Like Jalen Hurts, I just even if I've got Carson Wentz, I don't really have any interest in Jalen Hurts. It's going to be way too long of a wait. Um, in in they might work him into this offense. What what if he's in the third? What if he's in the third round though? But you're saying well, reach, that's fine. Right? Yeah, I'm not going to reach for him. Yeah. I'll I'll take him in the third, sure. Um, especially if I've got Carson Wentz, like then then I'd consider cuffing him with Jalen Hurts. But I just. I mean, the most likely scenario for in the next like two years at least is that he's Taysom Hill, that he's kind of a, a gadget type of guy, that it's not going to be worth anything for you to start him in your, your fantasy lineup. So I'm really no interest in Jalen Hurts, you know, unless I'm getting him at the proper value. Uh, Jordan Love, on the other hand, um, I, I, I am not going to reach for him because I have Aaron Rodgers, and like I can actually, this isn't just hypothetical for me. Like I'm legitimately letting Jordan Love go to other people, despite the fact that I have Aaron Rodgers everywhere. And the reason is because what I think is going to happen there is Aaron Rodgers is actually going to end up on another team. I think that they're they're going to either cut him or trade him. Uh, following this 2020 season at the absolute latest it might even happen before then and you know all of a sudden you've got Jordan Love as a starter for the Packers which is I mean he's not a good quarterback it's not a good situation whatever Um, but you've still got a starting quarterback and now you've got Aaron Rodgers on a totally different team on a much in a much better situation so there's there's value in it but it's not a handcuff situation Jacob Eason is the only handcuff out of this group for me. Um, you know, the, the path for him and it could very well be in the next year, it could happen in 2020. In fact, if Phillip rivers, isn't able to keep the Colts in playoff contention, there's a good chance that by the end of the season, you see Jacob Eason and it might be his job from then on. So as far as a handcuff goes, I'll, I'll reach for Jacob Eason if I've got Phillip rivers, because I think that completes the starting quarterback for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, that's that's the only one as far as a, a, an actual handcuff, though. Um, two more quick questions, and I think we're getting a little bit into um, more into player values. But our old buddy John McGlynn at John McGlynn seventy five. Uh, this is a dynasty superflex PPR question. He's wondering: Would you trade away Sam Darnold and Josh Allen? to acquire Jonathan Taylor and uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire if you were in win now mode. And uh, so he's at, and he's really kind of, he's got Pat Mahomes and Drew Locke. Um, rather than Taylor and Hilaire, he's actually asking about 101 and 102. Would you trade Darnold and Josh Allen for those two picks with the intention of taking Taylor and Hilaire to add with Mahomes and Locke? He also wants to know about the other side of that trade. If you were in complete rebuild, would you trade away 101 and 102 to get Josh Allen and Sam Darnold? Uh, definitely not to that f- second one. Agreed. Because I'd rather have Burrow and Tua. Yep. Um, I yep. would I would trade Sam Darnold and Josh Allen for 101 and 102. Uh, I don't know if I would necessarily go running back, running back. I would go running back, quarterback, probably. I would get JT and personally Tua. I think two is the QB one in this class, but I I would still do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you could probably pick up a QB later, depending on what your team looks like just in terms of like, I meant like trade for a QB. 
a third QB, especially with Mahomes in the lock. Yeah, and and for me, I I think you know it, it's like stop. So so to answer the the question plain and simply, um, no, I don't think I would do. I I I wouldn't trade away Donald and Allen for the 101 and 102 if though if you're taking those two running backs. I I if you're going to take a quarterback and a running back, that's fine, but I wouldn't trade both of those quarterbacks. I don't think. Yeah. Um for 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 two running backs. And the second part, I, you know, yeah, I would I would I would keep I would keep the picks in a rebuild and and draft both of those quarterbacks. Nice. Nice and concise on that one from both of you guys. So last one from our guy, Dynasty Bill, at Scully 121 um, And uh, let's see, the it's, it's a trade, uh, Deshaun Watson for – all right, so let's start with this, just to, just to um, get something out of the way with this one. Who do you guys prefer, Jared Goff or Ryan Tannehill in a Superflex Dynasty? Goff. Same. Okay. Yeah, same here. So clean sweep on that one. So now the question is Deshaun Watson for Jared Goff, 2021 first, 2021 second. Uh, the Watson owner is a contender, has Watson, Stafford, Matt Ryan, Justin Herbert. Um, apparently me and James gave two totally different answers. So um, he wants uh, you guys' opinions as well. You put You took Watson, right? I believe I took Goff. Ah, that makes sense now that I think about it because you were just ar- we were arguing about Baker and Dak. <sighs> Meanwhile, I'm gonna, I, I, I want to look that up and uh, and see how I answered that one because I'm curious now. But because I I'd think be a- I think the answer is Goff. Yeah, I would be okay dealing Watson away in that case because of the other quarterbacks in that room or on that team, Stafford, Ryan, and Herbert. I mean, I think. I mean, you're getting Goff back. I think you can start a combination of Goff, Stafford, and Ryan throughout a season and be fine and pick up a first and a second along with it. So, I I, I would probably I would probably move Watson for that based on the current roster. I agree. Uh, we we before we even started recording, we had we were talking about Dak for Baker, Dak in a fourth for Baker and a first, 2021 first. Um, the difference between that and this is that Goff has essentially three straight seasons of QB1 production. Baker has none. Dak is a top five dynasty asset. So, and And the other thing is DeAndre Hopkins was traded. Um, I don't know what this Texans team necessarily is going to do with Cooks, Foles, and uh, Stills, and I'm just I they I know they drafted another um, wide receiver. They also have DJ, by the way, who can catch passes. But they took away Watson's favorite target, so I don't know what that means for Watson. I still think Watson's a top five dynasty QB, but at the very least, if you're trading them away, you're getting a QB one in golf. And like Brian said, plus those two picks next year, which could be extremely valuable. Um, and, and when you're starting Stafford, Ryan Goff, and possibly Herbert later on in the season, you're fine in your quarterback room. And if you can gain some trade chips and get like a running back to strengthen your running back core or strengthen your wide receivers, you can become, a contender pretty simultaneously. Yeah. So, so I did look this up and, and my answer was, you know, that for, I, I would shop it. I would negotiate it a little bit. I would like, um, you know, if I'm going to tear down from, from Watson to golf, I would like some 2020 value in return, some 2020 production in return, but it ultimately I would take the golf side just because this is, uh, you know, it's it's essentially going to be a difference of probably three or four points per, per game between Watson and Goff. So, which I think is roughly what we're all saying here. And you, you know, you you give up three or four points per game, and in return, you get two twenty twenty one picks um, that could easily turn into players that are you know ten 
15 point a game type of guys for you. So, you know, to me, it's a no brainer. I think James said Deshaun Watson, just because he's that much better than Jared Goff. I get it. it I just, um, it, it, I, I just have absolutely no problem. And in fact, it's all part of the strategy. Part of the quarterback heavy strategy is to take advantage of the fact that these guys don't, they, there's a huge difference between a quarterback and any other position. There's almost no difference between one quarterback and another. Nice and easy. Good way to wrap it up. So let's do it there. Subscribe to the podcast, please, if you haven't already. You can also find us in, on the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feed. Get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Super Show. And if you do us a huge favor um, by rating, rating and reviewing the show, um, it helps us get more people uh, involved in the conversation and touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Uh, get at us on Twitter at Superflex Show. We also have Stompy at FF Stompy and Brian at Brian Har FF. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.